Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, read in the New King James Version. It says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. And upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Amen. Who is grateful that you know Jesus Christ? We're of a brand new kingdom. Come on, somebody. A kingdom that is unshakable. It will not, it doesn't grow weary over time. The government that we serve is not one with elected officials full of corruption. We serve a government that is pure to the end. Amen. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. Thank God. Come on, somebody. So let's play a game today because it's Christmas, basically. It's still Christmas, right? It's still Christmas. Let's just tell it's only, it's, it only stops being Christmas midway through January. It's when the last candy cane is found on the shelf, that's when you have to say goodbye to Christmas. Amen. All right, let's play a game today. So as I say these things, I want people to stand up. If you can do what I read, then stand up. Okay, everybody got it? All right, so who in here can do a backflip? If you can do a backflip, stand up. Stand up. Look at this guy. Look at it. Stand up. Come on. Keep standing. Keep standing. Three, four. Come on, somebody. Oh, look at this guy. Look at this guy. He's like intimidating. He's like, come on. I, I dare you. Love it. Who in here can speak two languages fluently? Keep standing if you can backflip. But who in here can two, speak two languages fluently? You can speak two languages? What are they? Spanish. Come on, somebody. What, what do you speak? You speak Portuguese. What do you speak? Spanish. 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 German. Espanol. And you Portuguese and Spanish. You can speak three. Spanish. What are you? Russian. Come on. Give it up for the Russian. Amen. Any other languages? Russian. Russian right there. Spanish. All right. Who in here, keep standing if you speak two languages, what, you, what do you speak? Swedish, that's what I thought. Swedish, we got Swedish, Russian, German, and a lot of Spanish and Portuguese. Who in here can play an instrument? If you can play an instrument, stand up. Come on, somebody. Look at all these instrument players. I can play the kazoo. Does that count? All right, who in here can juggle? If you can juggle, stand up. Who in here can juggle? Come on, somebody. Where's all the jugglers? Like two, three people? Come on, I taught myself how to juggle when I was six years old. All right, who in here can rub your stomach and pat your head at the same time? If you can do that, stand up and prove it to us right now. Come on, somebody. We want the evidence evident before us. We're getting, we're getting somewhere right now. All right, the final thing, the final challenge. Hopefully you got this. Who in here can walk and chew gum at the same time? If you can do that, stand up right now. Give everybody a hand clap. You guys are all special today. 
Listen, in this world, we're taught that our worth is determined by our skill sets, our intelligence, our looks, and our money. Which is why my wife married me, because I was obviously ranked really high up there. She's a faith preacher, and she married me in faith. Amen. Now, the reality of this world is, to sit at the big tables of this world, you have to check off the right boxes. You have to have money, you have to have looks, you have to have talent. We've even created tests to, to show levels of where we sit. My brother was a certified genius, took the IQ test, like registered like close to 200. So then me being his brother, they of course were like, well, we should test your IQ too. We're not going to talk about those results publicly. <laughs> but let's just say some things are not genetic. I didn't register on the IQ quiz. Anybody ever had done the IQ test? Who had to do an IQ test? Raise your hand. All right, what'd you get? He didn't want to say it publicly. <laughs> Move on. When I ask my IQ, I respond with scripture, Acts 2.38. ACTs, SATs, bar exams, titles and labels like valedictorian, salutatorian, which basically means you didn't have any friends. No. Every valedictorian is like, that's it, I'm leaving. You can't handle my intelligence. That's right, we can't. We are, we are in all of your intelligence. Magna cum laude, summa cum laude. Then we've got titles. You're in upper class. You're middle upper class. For those of us that want a little rank a little bit more in the middle. Middle class, lower class. All throughout our history as people, we have always tried to establish levels, worth, based upon performance, based upon these things. So we basically have created in ourselves this striving to get to something that will one day prove that we have value. And so our lives are spent a pursuit of acquiring or attaining a level of worth that we esteem or feel that we deserve. Who in here when you were younger felt that you were going to do important things? Raise your hand. Come on. I remember as a kid, it was like, what do you want to do when you grow up? It was president of the United States. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like, I want to be like a car salesman, and there's no problem with a car salesman. But I didn't want to be it. I wanted to be the president of the United States. And I wanted to give free bubble gum to every United States citizen every day. <laughs> I mean, I wrote this vision out, and I made it plain. Come on, Lord. Like, what is your first act of the president? My executive order is bubble gum is free from this day forward. I mean... Think of the jobs it would create just scraping it up off the roads. <laughs> In all of our testing and measuring, we can forget the simplicity of just enjoying life and over trying to make ourselves into something great. You know, my wife and I have been blessed to travel to many nations of the world. I've been to, I think, over 20, 22 or something like that. I've uh, been to a couple of the southern African places, Zambia, Zimbabwe, South Africa, and I for, got to spend three months evangelizing Southern Africa and going into some of the townships even where outside of the normal city in the townships where there are shackles with, you know, metal, you know, sheet metal, cardboard, whatever they can build out of dirt floors. And I will tell you this truthfully, that the people that are living in those, some of them are the happiest people you will ever meet. 
because they have nothing to lose and so they don't worry like many Americans that are living in brick homes with great entertainment centers. They're actually stress striving in this rat race to produce and keep up with things because really they're living beyond where they need to live. Let's just be honest. In America, you can finance anything. You can finance your dog. Who in here is still making payments on your puppy? Don't show, don't wave your hand. In three years, I'll own this baby. Amen. My God. Repo. Imagine being the dog repo man. Like a little kid. You feel like the worst dude ever. No, you didn't pay for it. All right, just keep the dog. The most expensive painting ever purchased was in the year of 2017. It was a painting by Leonardo da Vinci called Salvatore Mundi. It was purchased for $450,312,500. It is the most expensive painting ever. Do you know why it's the most expensive painting? Do you know why it's sold for $450 million? Anybody want to take a guess? Because some moron had the money and was willing to pay for it. <laughs> Let's talk about it. The most expensive sculpture ever sold was $115 million. If you looked at it today, you wouldn't even put it outside on your front porch. But someone valued it. And someone had what it took, and they paid that price for it. $450 million. It was actually bought by the, uh, the, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia who purchased that painting in 2017. Your value is established by what someone is willing to pay for you. That painting's value was set $450 million because someone was willing to pay that. Well, let's talk about what value you have. And I'm not talking about potential value, as we like to talk about. There's a lot of potential in this guy that maybe one day we'll figure out. Amen. I believe in potential. I believe in growth. I believe that you can get better. I believe that dreams need to be cultivated, spoken over, read out loud, prayed over, and then you go after it. And I believe somewhere along the way you have to get bold enough to step out of the boat and go after things that everybody tells you you can't acquire. I believe all of that. But I also believe that the reason why you can stand in faith, the reason why you can go before the throne of grace, the reason why you can trust that God is going to do great things for you and in your life and through your life is because he has already proven it by paying the highest price ever paid. I'm not talking about potential. I'm talking about you literally have great worth because God has already paid a price that no one else could pay to win your heart. If you believe that, shout amen. Amen. You can do whatever you place your mind to. My dad always taught me that, and I do believe that. But beyond that, if you never produce something of great value that the world values anyways, if you're never the person that's on CNN or on Fox News or on the front cover of Esquire magazine, if you're never the person that society celebrates, you have still been celebrated in heaven. Because the Bible says that when one sinner comes to repentance, all of heaven rejoices. So that means the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one that formed the stars and threw them where they are, that holds the sun and spins the earth, he threw a party on your behalf when you said yes to him. Think about that. Come on, somebody. 
When you walk through those pearly gates, you're not walking into some cold entrance of some God that's like can't be bothered. You're walking into streets of gold, giant pearly gates of a celebration of those that have gone before you to welcome you into the family that you belong to. Amen. You have great value because you have been paid for. A bona fide completed transaction. Proverbs 18, 16 says, Giving a gift opens doors. It gives access to important people. You understand that? Whenever you go, go before someone, you want to win their heart, you want to unlock them to you, bring a gift. Come on, somebody. What's the saying for men? The way to a man's heart is through his belly. Women that get married young are ones that figured out when you make a delicious meal and present it to a man... The next week, he's proposing to you. It's that simple. Come on, somebody. That's why, never mind, I shouldn't say it, but that's why when, we, when people get married, you notice the man gets a little bit bigger. A little bit bigger. It's just because he is well-loved. Come on, man. Amen. Giving a gift opens doors. Presents given with love move hearts. Amen. Gifts of value give value. Anybody ever have that uncle that spends 25 cents on you every year? Don't point to him if he's here right now. Really, we establish love through what we're willing to give. And that's why the Bible says you reap what you sow. It's actual scriptural. That if you're a generous person, people will be generous back to you because you sow that and you open up people's hearts. So gifts of value give value. Think about it. worship is actually two words combined, worth and ship, transport. Worship means to transport the worth to something. So how much do, is God's worth to me? That's my worship to him. That you are worth every breath, every song, every, every word I can create. Every melody that is made, every gift I can bring, you are worthy of it all. I worship you, God, for you have great value in my life. Amen. Amen. Something special for someone special is worth the time and the price to buy. The best thing to do with the best things in life is to give them away. We make a living by what we get and a life by what we give. For it is in giving that we actually learn to receive. Well, Jesus gave a gift to open your heart to him. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who didn't have to come to earth. He didn't have to suffer. He didn't have to pay a price. He didn't have to humble himself, but he chose to do that because he valued you at that level. He could have swiped planet earth away and made a whole other planet and started fresh. But for some reason, he chose you. You know, I often think about this because I'm challenging some of the things. When I first started in ministry, I was wild revivalist that's all I knew so I would go into every church service and just jump over chairs lay hands on people praying in tongues shouting hallelujah throwing people around whatever it took you know what I'm saying I remember there was a service we were in Aaron was up there that this Baptist preacher was on the front row going it don't work on me it don't work on me it don't work on me like mocking me the whole time I preach like what did you even come for you professional heckler going down the road don't work on me. All you're showing is that you're a crusty dude that needs a little bit of freedom in your life. Eh? Come on, somebody. The more he sat there and was like, it don't work on me, the more the power of God touched the place. He got so mad and he couldn't leave the building because it was so packed, you couldn't even get to the exit. So he was just sitting there stirring. It don't work on me. It don't work on me. 
fine. We ain't trying to make it work on you. <laughs> Leave the other people alone. You're screaming at a 12-year-old right now. <laughs> but I thought, you know, I, I went into them pastoring, and when you pastor, then you begin to actually, I don't know what it is. It's a spirit of knowing upon you that you're suddenly really aware of everybody that's resisting what you're saying. It's like, that crowd, I'm going to talk over here. These people, someone's agitated over there or whatever. And you felt that. And it was like a pressure to conform. If anybody's ever had that pressure before, it's like, that, that, that's a very real thing. And so I used to think that everything people did, they just had a problem with speaking in tongues, which I, I the Lord does that. There's probably 800 thousand plus people on the planet earth they guesstimate that pray in tongues so it's very common it's 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 all over planet earth but then i began to realize people actually resist healing it's actually healing they resist and uh, because of the experiences we've had there are many of us that we could go down the line we believe in healing but we've lost someone and it hurts and you're like what's going on god how did i break down what did i do wrong i ain't job i ain't job you know trying to like, get it out. What do I got to change here, God, you know? And um, I, I remember thinking about that, and I've been challenged on my stance that I believe in divine hell. Right. And then I've been told that basically it comes down to you're just, you, you think more highly of yourself than you ought to because God doesn't do that for you. But let me give my spin on it. Is that, well, the reason why I believe in health and divine healing is that every time I'm challenged on it, all I can think is Jesus in a courtyard being whipped. And every lash that tore his flesh off, blood spraying. And the Bible says Jesus said himself when he was arrested, don't put up the sword, Peter. We don't live by the sword. And he says, don't you know that I could call my father in heaven now? And he would send 12 legions of angels right now. But then scripture would not be fulfilled. So every lash Jesus bore, he didn't have to bear. He didn't have to do that. But he sat there and he endured it, felt every lick and every pain and every wound and, and, and no telling what. The Bible says he was just ripped to the point that you couldn't even hardly see him as a man. He was torn apart. And all of that was simply so that we could stand here today 2,000 years later and believe that by his stripes, I'm healed. It's not a matter of I'm important. It's a matter of he's so important. And if he valued that, then I am not going to throw that gift away today. Just because someone else doesn't want to believe what my Lord and Savior did. He bore every one of those stripes. When he sat there and endured it, Jesus looked through the chasm of time and he saw your face and said, I will take this for you. Think about that. What gift was given? The greatest gift ever was given. He purchased everything. He defeated every enemy of man. He led them all captive. The Bible says he made a public spectacle of the devil. Thank God. Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus gave that gift to open your heart. People are like, man, I just don't know about Christianity. I don't know about Jesus. I don't know. I can't live the Christian life. Forget trying to be something you're not. Just receive something that's available. Jesus gave the highest price to open your heart to him. Will you keep your heart open all the days of your life? Or will the opinion of man cost you to close off? Will those, the surrounding things, the pressure, the, the accolades, the levels, well, I'm not hitting the levels. Will that close your heart or will you keep your heart open to Jesus and realize every day is a gift from God? 
Whether I have a lot or I have a little, I have more than enough because I am well supplied through Christ's sufficiency. I am self-sufficient. Amen. I have everything that I need. If the world came to pot and fell apart tomorrow, a raven would bring me food because my God is the one that controls it. Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody. Stirring that up. Understand that the reality of our human lives was simple. Before you allowed Jesus to walk into your heart or step into your heart, before you opened yourself to Jesus, you were enslaved to this world and to the enemy of man. That is a fact. So that means whatever value you ever had before Christ belonged to someone wicked. And the only way that value could be transported to the kingdom of his light is there needed to be a forceful, resolute, and eternal transaction that took place. That transaction is Jesus Christ. Come on. He gave it. He exchanged it for our freedom. Genesis 3, 14 through 15. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Speaking about Jesus Christ who defeated the devil and crushed him once and for all. Amen. Amen. Isn't that awesome? It's awesome to get to serve a God that it won. It would not be cool to serve the devil when you find out we lost. (laughs) Jesus Christ became a curse for us, the Bible says, so that the blessings of God could be upon our lives. Everything the curse brought was sickness, poverty, pain, suffering, striving, struggling. That whole mentality that we still see the rat race of the world living in because they believe. Many Christians even believe, but not to the point where they've stepped in the place of such grace that they're walking in the victory of God in their lives every single day. My challenge to you on this final Sunday of the year is open your heart as wide as it can go to Christ and say, Lord, come in like a mighty rushing wind. Speak to me and show me in my life the things that you have for me. Speak to me and challenge me and increase my faith. Let me know you and know your goodness and let me walk upright in this generation. Let me show people what it looks like to be a servant of the Most High. That the hand of the Lord is upon my household. That the blessings are eternal and steadfast. That I have more than enough. That every need that comes from this world, God has already supplied ahead of time. Come on, somebody. Who can testify when something crazy happened, some financial unexplained bill came. Before it even came, God had well supplied you ahead of time. That's the God that we serve. I've had it happen time after time again. I used to look at it and be like, great, now all the increase goes to that. And then I begin to realize, no, it's because the Lord is already making a way before the challenge even came. That's the goodness of God. If you believe it, shout amen. amen. He redeemed us from the curse of the law so that the blessing could be ours. You're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the field. You're blessed in your coming. You're blessed in your going. Your seed is blessed. And your seed seed is blessed. The blessing is to a thousand generations. And if Jesus tarries in returning, it doesn't matter who's in the White House. It doesn't matter what the economy does. It doesn't matter the price of gas or the price of eggs. You will be well supplied because God is your source. Come on, somebody. Grab it this day. You are the blessed of the Lord. The hand of the Lord is upon his church. 
It's not just, I believe. Salvation is not just, I'm waiting to go to heaven. Salvation begins the moment you opened your heart to Christ. He stepped in and everything changed from that moment forward. The way the world has access to you, the way the enemy can challenge you, the things that can come against you has been changed because Christ is on the inside of you. Jesus defeated the enemy. The gift was not a simple purchase at the Dollar Tree, though, which is now becoming the Dollar 25 tree. <laughs> Can't they just make the things even smaller? A little, little, tube of, little tube of toothpaste like this big. The Dollar Tree. Everything 99 cents. Everything 99.9995 cents. Okay. <laughs> this gift cost him everything. It cost him his life. Matthew 26, 53 through 54. That's where Jesus said, don't you know that I can call down a legion of angels? He was actually justified to do that because he was righteous. So as a righteous son of God without sin, without anything wicked within him, he was justified to do that. I just want you to think about that for a moment. That he chose to face that head on and say, look, even though I'm justified to, to, to not endure this, I endure it for each and every one of us today. He's the only God and the only one that could have paid that price for you and for I. Thank God for his goodness and his mercy. Amen. I believe in all the promises of God. The gift was planned before we ever failed prophesied for hundreds of years but it took 33 years of growth and total submission as Christ walked out in the flesh the total submission to God's plan and paid the price with his own flesh been seeing these ads pop up on on social media and on 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 TV now he gets us I really don't understand their ad like Jesus struggled to pay his bills I'm like I don't really read the word and see that at all like Jesus wasn't like, he had like a legion of ladies that traveled and paid all his bills, the Bible says. Like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Amen. Hashtag goals. Amen. <laughs> that's why I had three daughters. So I have, I'm like Jesus. I'm blessed amongst women. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> These three daughters will grow. They're all going to be millionaires. And one day I'm just going to be riding around in a private yacht that my daughters have supplied to me. <laughs> Let it be so in Jesus' name. I mean, if I need to pop out a few more ladies, babe, let me know. Why'd you have 12 kids? Because I got big dreams. Whatever I have to pay now is worth it in the end. 12 mouths to feed turns into 12 streams of income when I'm in. You will supply to your dad. Got my whole, I've got my own tribe of Israel going right now. You know, I went to Bible school with, with a guy, true story. I mean, poor, he was trying so bad to have a boy that they kept trying and kept trying and they had 12 daughters, 12 daughters. And they didn't have a lot of money. They actually bought an old hearse and put benches in it to drive around with all their kids. And they all went to Bible school together. It was, they were really great people, but I was like, you they get out the hearse and just open up the back and one daughter, two daughter, three daughter, four daughter. Like, they were like nine months apart, too. It was like one, that poor woman. She don't know what hit her. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
for the majority of her life, she was either pregnant, giving birth, or raising a kid. I mean, it was like, imagine 12 chances and winding up with a girl every time. I would have figured out something's got to change. Are we changing your diet or something, you know what I'm saying? We're not going to just keep doing the same thing over and over again because the odds aren't ever in our favor right now. Amen. <laughs> Luke 2, 11 through 14. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in the strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others and the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. The day Jesus was born, life was born in spite of death for each and every one of us that would open our hearts to him. Of all the struggles, of all the stress, of all the strife, it can cease the moment you open your heart to Christ. Freedom was born in spite of captivity. Every limitation from your education to your, line, to, to, to your um, family line, to your wealth, Jesus held all of that captive for you to release you into total freedom in your life. God can take a story that everybody else would give up on and turn it around into a great redemptive tale of the goodness and the glory of God. Joy was born in spite of heaviness. Thank God that I don't need Xanax or whatever pill to make me happy. I don't go to the doctor when I feel op oppressed. I'm not kicking back on grandpa's old cough medicine every day trying to feel like a winner. I have the joy of the Lord in me. It is my strength. I don't need an, an external substance because the substance within me is greater than every substance of this world. Amen. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I rise in the morning with joy and I go to bed with joy every day. Even when challenges arise, I've learned to laugh at, 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 at destruction because it is not going to be the end of the story. Amen. Come on, somebody. Joy was born in spite of heaviness. True wealth was born in spite of extreme poverty. True wealth. What is the wealth of the kingdom of God? It's the presence of the Lord. That if he is in you, you can walk into any room and that room is transformed. You can walk into a house that is hopeless and you can bring breakthrough in that moment. You can walk into a hospital room where there's a heaviness, there's an oppression, and God can use you to break that off of a person's life. I don't know about you, but I've seen countless times the goodness of God, the glory of God, and there is no more addictive feeling than to feel like a glove slipped on the hand of God. When he uses your hands and uses your feet, those moments when you start sharing God with somebody, sharing Jesus with someone, and it's like he takes over, and suddenly you feel like a poet. You know that? You're like, my gosh, I have so fluent. That's just clicking right now, and they're just crying, and you're in a driveway, and they're like, it's beautiful. It's the richest of the kingdom of God that he is with you every step of the way. You are never alone once Christ is on the inside of you. Everywhere you go, he goes with you. Everywhere you walk, he has walked ahead of time. Everything you have need of, he holds it in the palm of his hand to give to you. In the book of John, he says that you can ask anything of me and I'll give it to you. 
Kenneth Hagin said he studied the, the words out and he said what it actually means, what Jesus said was, you can ask me for anything and if I don't yet possess it, I will go and create it and bring it back to you. Come on, somebody. Jesus. Some of you grab that, you single people, that's because you, your list is so big, that guy doesn't exist. So you got to go to Jesus to get him because he ain't found anywhere else. Hallelujah. And sometimes you got to cross some things out on that list too. Let's be real, people. Yeah. <laughs> Always love picking on my wife on this one. <laughs> we think we know what we want, don't we? My wife's mom brought over the list, the list when she was a teenager of what her... You were 10? Okay, well, 10, we'll give her some grace. You should have known by 10, you're double digits. It's time to act right. Like, <laughs> the top of the list was no blondes, exclamation point. Yeah, she was like a blonde guy was mean to her in school. So she's like, no blondes. I hit every other one though, didn't I? Yes. It was like funny, charming, best guy ever, super wonderful. <laughs> I mean, it was like me, me, also me. <laughs> Nothing that a can of hair dye can't fix, babe. <laughs> Thank God we live in the 21st century. We can deal with hair color, amen. Whew, it would have been a deal breaker otherwise. No blondes, exclamation point. <laughs> the Lord is good. And the Lord knows your spouse like what you need more than you know, too. So single people, maybe 2022 yes. is the year yes. where that special someone catches your eye. I feel an anointing on this right now. I, I just helped Charlie and Yoli move this week. We carried some of their, their stuff. Charlie came to our church years ago, and he was like, man, I'm believing for that special someone. And he was volunteering. I just told him, just keep volunteering at the church. The Lord will bring her right through the door. And he was like, all right. And we were in the sound booth praying. And Yoli walked in. And I saw Charlie. He goes. <laughs> After that, bro, like he wasn't mixing no audio. I mean, people are up there. Mike, Mike, too. I mean, like, like okay, we know what happened there. You know what I'm saying? Like instant, instant prayer request the Lord can so the Lord can move swiftly amen. amen I was in South Africa and a guy came up to me 65% unemployment in, in, in uh, New London no East London and uh, he said please believe God with me I need a job I need need to earn and so I grabbed his hands we're on the street of East London and I prayed with him I was like father I thank you Lord your word declares that you've given us the power to create wealth this man has a desire to work Give him something to put his hand to so that it may prosper. And as we're praying, we finished praying. He said, thank you. Uh, and, and they always say man of God in, in, in Africa. You know, you're always mog, man of God. And as soon as we prayed, a guy walking by stopped and looked and said, I couldn't help but over here as you were praying, you're believing God for a job. I'm hiring right now. And the guy was hired on the spot right there. 65% unemployment in the city in the Lord. 
had the one guy looking to hire someone walking by right when we're praying loud on the street. Sometimes you got to get loud, you know what I'm saying? It's not that the Lord's deaf, but you want everybody around you to hear too because they may be the one that God's going to move on. Come on, somebody. Father, I thank you for that filet mignon right there. What's that same faith without hints is dead, people. Sometimes the day after Christmas where everybody walks, nice shoes. You know, I've been believing God for shoes exactly like that. I'm the same size as you and everything. That is so funny. Just take the shoes, bro. God. Who in here has ever left church with socks on? This guy right here. You're like, man, I really like those shoes. Oh, well, the Lord will give me more shoes. May they be blessed. Amen. Life is such a gift. Really, what I'm just trying to, if God was willing to pay such a price for you, what is there left to be heavy about? Why would depression ever be something that you even entertain? Why would low self-worth or low self-esteem be something that you struggle with when there's no reason because the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one that knows all, sees all, said that you have such value, I will pay this for you. What is there left? You need the opinion of seven other people on planet Earth to make you have value? No, you don't need their opinion because you have his opinion and his opinion is eternal and plus it's righteous. Come on. And he says you're worth it, so you're worth it in Jesus' name. Amen. Life is a gift. Enjoy life. Squeeze every ounce of life out of life. Live like, oh, we were talking this, this week with the, some of the staff. We went to Cracker Barrel because it was like the week of Christmas, so we couldn't really, you know what I'm saying? Like you get in that Christmas mode where you're trying to work, but really you're just like, <laughs> like not really doing that. What did you produce today? I don't know, <laughs> but I talked about the Lord, but we went and we were just talking about how I began to realize a lot of people in the body of Christ are held captive in this place of fear of missing God or missing his will or missing the mark or, or going the wrong direction. And you miss out on the grace of God that he says, I'll, I'll bless what you place your hand to. Think of it as a video game. If you grab a hold of this life, I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. And as she's saying this morning, to live as Christ, to die is gain. I have nothing to lose. I can go all in like a video game and stretch out and go after something big. And the Lord will meet me if I go after it. And begin to realize life is a gift. Every day is a gift. What do you want to do with that gift? Do you want to use it for the things of God? Do you want to use it to build his kingdom? Do you want to just go after something, some wild dream? We've met people well into their years, and they're like, I've always wanted to travel. And my th thing is always, go get a passport. Is that the word of the Lord? It's the word of just a person saying, if you want to travel, travel. <laughs> my God, when do you want to wait till? Like, till you can't travel no more and then talk about how you didn't travel? It's like, well, I'm believing God for finances. Stop drinking Starbucks, and you'll realize you're actually a millionaire. Coffee this day and age is, is like eight, $18? What did I get? Well, you got the, it, it's almond milk, milk from the finest of almonds. <laughs> that vanilla is a vanilla bean that we have saturated in massage. <laughs> I just want a cup of drip coffee for like 99 cents. Come on. 
oh, no, no, our coffee, this is, we, we was repelled from the mountains of Colombia on the back of no other. I mean, like, okay, so $33, what did we get? Tastes awful. I hate this $33 cup of coffee. I'm going back to Folgers. That's it, I'm out, I'm done. Maxwell House was at least good to the last drop. Instant coffee's better than this. I can't afford to travel. Stop drinking Starbucks. You can afford anything you want. We're going to see you come in next week. You have a gold necklace like Mike, Mr. T in here. You're right, Pastor Caleb. I saved $18,000 this year. It's amazing. I can't eat organic. Well, if you stop eating fast food, which is just as expensive now, you go... You go to like Wendy's and it's like $8 for a burger. What did you do to that thing? Is it Wagyu? <laughs> but the health complications that come from eating that way, where you keep landing back up in the place to get the pills to make you feel better, costs a lot too. So just choose where you... Anyways, I did not mean to get on that track at all. You have value. Back to that. Amen. Life is a gift. Tanking really fast. Get off the nutrition train. It's Christmas time. Everybody's like, I hate you. Actually, if I gave an altar call right there, half the church would have ran for it. Yeah, I repent. I repent for yesterday. I repent, God. The 18th Buckeye was too many. They're just little morsels of goodness, though, God. Galatians 3, 26 through 29. We'll try and wrap this up and keep it holy. Amen. <laughs> for you are all children of God through faith in Christ. Thank God for joy. Amen. Amen. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham true children of Abraham. I almost said chew. Didn't I? Chew, chew. <laughs> Should I tell him? Yeah. <laughs> it's never a dull moment at the river, but this past Wednesday, we hosted the, the pregnancy center giveaway where we blessed the families, and thank you to all those that were a part of that awesome night, and so we're planning bigger this next year. And um, so we had to buy a few more gifts for kids that, were, that didn't come in. So we sent Christoph, our South African intern, which everybody needs an intern. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, every one of us need an intern in life because that thing you don't want to do, that's what an intern's for. <laughs> but we sent him to go buy Christmas gifts. And I'm like, get these gifts. And as he's driving off, I was like, Christoph, you're like Santa Claus. And he's like, yeah, choo-choo. <laughs> And he drives up. We're all standing there watching like, did he just say choo-choo? Like, and I'm like, it's ho-ho-ho. Yeah, choo-choo. 
This ain't the Polar Express, bro. Choo-choo. If you're watching, Christoph, I love you, bro. Choo-choo, brother. It's the little things in life that bring us the most joy. That forever enriched my Christmas experience. From now on, in every grocery store, I'm like, happy holidays. Choo-choo. And then you just walk out, and they feel it's a thing. They're like, yeah, yeah, choo-choo, man. It's like a word of encouragement, like we're all the little engine that can. I think I can. I think I can. Choo-choo, brother. When you know, you know. Choo-choo. Seriously, if I could get the band back up. <laughs> choo-choo, guys. Choo-choo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can't. train conductor hats here it's a t-shirt it's coming at us <laughs> 2,000 years ago a gift was given with open arms and nothing was held back this gift cost the giver everything but the power of a gift that is freely given so it costs him everything and it costs us nothing salvation is entirely ours we ourselves can own it we can own the love, the message, the story, and the richness of it all. It has now been given to us freely. Freely you have received, therefore freely give. Today, with every head bowed and every eye closed across this place, I want to do a few things. Thanks for listening to the River Claremont Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. Your prayers and financial support are changing lives.